Hello everyone, Alan Mishra here again from Vitality Explorer News with another edition of the Vitality Explorer News podcast. As we always do on the podcast, we're going to start with a quote, and this one is from Ralph Waldo Emerson. And here's the quote. The first wealth is health. The first wealth is health. So we're going to talk a lot about that today in the context of of three specific things, but I want to have a couple of announcements to start. The first is I will be teaching my Stanford Continuing Studies Energize Your Life course beginning April 12th. There are a few spots left. You can sign up via the link in the show notes below or go to Stanford or Google Stanford Continuing Studies and search for the Energize Your Life class by me. That is Dr. Alan Mishra. So this week on the podcast, we're going to do some really important stuff. And the first one we're going to talk about is to how to avoid future pain. The second is to have healthy shoulders at any age. And the third is a little story about how I had an empty fortune cookie this week. So the first, again, is really, really important to understand why we're doing this. This podcast is all about trying to enhance global vitality one person at a time and trying to take the friction out of helping you stay vital. And and then also help to make deposits in what I call your Vitality Bank account. One other quick announcement is that beginning next week on Vitality Explorer, on the Vitality Explorer Substack site, we're going to be reviewing trending articles on PubMed. And PubMed is the international repository for published medical and scientific articles. It's really interesting, and we're going to digest two or three trending articles. These are articles that scientists are reading, and I will translate them from the scientific gobbledygook into something you can understand and maybe actionable. Uh, Again, that's going to be a new thing on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. You can sign up there, uh, and you can also sign up at vitalityexplorers.com to receive a text message version of this set of information. Okay, so the first one again is learning how to avoid future pain. All right. And one of the things we we all intuitively understand is that pain kills our vitality. So when we are in pain, we will spend significant time, money, and effort to reduce or eliminate that pain. So the question that has been burning in my head for a long time is why are why do we wait till we're in pain? And how can we start today to reduce or eliminate future pain. And of course, pain is not all physical. It's not like, okay, I smashed my thumb or I touched a stove or I got injured. We can suffer from mental, social, and spiritual pain. So this part of the podcast, and again, this is up on the Vitality Explorer Substack site if you want to read more about it, but this one is going to go through all four of those pillars of vitality, physical, mental, social, and spiritual, and try to figure out how we can avoid future pain. So let's start with the physical one. That's the one that's most obvious, right? So that arises from an acute injury or sometimes a chronic condition. And we don't always have complete control over our physical pain, right? You can get in a car accident, you can um, develop cancer, but we are in charge of how much we exercise and our eating habits. Let me say that again. We are in charge of how much we exercise and our eating habits. These are within our control to some degree. All right, and so failing to exercise or eating too much or eating too much of what isn't good for you can lead to pain and suffering. And that pain and suffering typically is a little delayed because if you eat a Snicker bar, okay, maybe candy bar, maybe really, really tasty and help you feel good, 
initially, but then you get a crash. You can have, if you have too many Snicker bars, too many bags of Doritos, too many bags of anything that's uh, too high in sugar or over-processed, that can lead to cardiovascular disease and obesity. So the, the Vitality Explorer suggestion about how to avoid future physical pain, these again are trying to do things that you are in control, is exercise today and eat less today to avoid future physical pain. This isn't true for everybody. Obviously, connect with your physician about what specific type of exercise or diet. But in general, more exercise and eating less is better for you, okay? And specific, specifically, if you just have two minutes Stretch your hamstrings. You can do two minutes of light leg, uh, light wit leg, uh, I can little uh, stutter there. L- lift some weights. That could be either with bands or a three to five pound um, dumbbell. Just go for a walk or run. Just, gets, just get moving, okay? So that will help you avoid future physical pain. Now, the second one is mental pain. And mental pain is much more complex than physical pain, right? So it can be multifactorial. And it's not easy to come up with a simple solution to address future mental pain, okay? One huge component of our mental wellness, however, is how well we sleep. All right, sleeping just doesn't come to you, uh, most of us, just, you know, like a baby or a dog, right? Uh, It takes effort. It takes making it a priority. And then you know, we, we need specific ways to work on this. So here's, again, the suggestions for your mental pain. I have one other one other than sleep. But I think sleep is the foundation of our both our physical and mental wellness. So start today to consider sleep a superpower and try to go to bed 20 minutes earlier. And you can make time, because time's a crucial component of this, make that 20 minutes of time. Create that 20 minutes of time by eliminating a life leak such as too much social media, complaining, gossiping, or watching or reading something that is just not adding to your overall sense of well-being or vitality. Um, You can also consider deep breathing exercises to calm yourself down um, prior to trying to go to sleep. The second component of mental pain is connected to that first one of physical pain. And it's very interesting, lots and lots and lots of peer-reviewed published data to suggest exercise can help reduce the risk or even help treat depression. So if you're in mental pain or you want to avoid future mental pain, this is, this is why they're so connected. This is why when we talked about on Vitality Explorers, it's not just good enough to work on your physical or your mental well-being. It's on also on your social and spiritual. And so let's move on to that social pain. And social pain rises when we lack personal close connections. Okay, we may be surrounded by people at work or at home, but if we do not have close personal connections, we are most often in some form of social pain. So early on in life, it's really easy for us or, or there's a lot of incentive to develop these tight social connections when we're in school. And there's lots and lots of opportunities to connect with other kids at that time, right? Or, you know, young people, because we spend hundreds of hours with them in class or after class in college. And and then after we, we graduate, we have less time available to spend with our friends. We may spend more time with our families, but we spend less time with our friends. And so I think it's important to be proactive about this. It takes, cultivating closeness is a skill. Remember, that's the, that is the foundational component of what we're talking about here on Vitality Explorers. That is the underlying thesis that vitality is a skill. We can develop skills to work on our physical, mental, and here's the social one. 
Remember, there's a Harvard study out there, almost 80-year-old study, that has proven that embracing community helps us live longer and be happier. So here again is the specific suggestion. Prioritize your closeness. Reach out to an old friend or reestablish a connection and seek or, or seek to make a new one, right? And, and this one takes about 100 seconds. We've talked about this before. But if you want to avoid future social pain, spend 100 seconds, about a minute and a half, and text three people you haven't talked to in a while and just say hello, right? We've talked about that as a vitality-enhancing suggestion. And a lot of what you're going to hear this year on Vitality Explorers is new material that comes out from the peer-reviewed published data out in the world. But we're also going to emphasize the things that are absolutely fundamental to your overall well-being. And repeating it hopefully will help us all, myself included, remember how valuable it is. Now, the final one is spiritual pain, right? And how do we avoid future spiritual pain? And spiritual pain, I think, comes when we lack meaning in our lives. And seeking to fulfill our peak purpose enhances our spiritual wellness and reduces our risk of future regret. Let me say that one more time. Seeking to fulfill our peak purpose enhances our spiritual wellness and reduces the risk of future regret. That's how we reduce our our spiritual pain trying to find our purpose, trying to find our why for being here on the planet. Obviously, that's incredibly challenging. It can take a lifetime, right? We've talked about identifying or pinpointing your peak purpose in the past, right? But our purpose can also change with our life experiences. And please, 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 please do not let somebody else define your peak purpose for you. So spend 1,000 seconds. Remember, we talked a second ago about 100 seconds to text other people. Um, But spend 1,000 seconds... Maybe it's not every day, but at least once a week, at least once a week spends 1,000 seconds, which is about 17 minutes, thinking about and or writing about what your purpose is on the planet. And one of the keys to this is think how you can best serve other people with your time or your talent or your treasure. Um, Even when we are in pain, or especially when we are in pain, this this is a key suggestion. And I think that's the best way we can avoid future spiritual pain. All right, so this is this is kind of a new idea for me. I'm trying to operationalize vitality by giving you specific suggestions. And this, this idea of avoiding future regret or avoiding future pain comes from a powerful computer science concept called counterfactual regret minimization. Counterfactual regret minimization, or CFR. And this is a technique that's used in game theory to find the best strategy to play a game, all right? The basic idea is to imagine all different ways you can play a game or played out, and these are called counterfactuals, and then determine how much regret you would have felt for playing or you know, executing on a specific move instead of another one. So this is what a computer science program, an algorithm, does in playing chess or playing poker or other things. And the regret is a measure of how much you would be worse off in poker terms. It would be less money um, if you had made a different move. And the idea is to minimize the regret over time. Okay, um, and and then try to figure this out. So in simpler terms, CFR or counterfactual <laughs> regret minimization is a game of trial and error. And that's what all of us are doing in our lives. We're trying out different moves. We're trying to figure out, did that work for our physical, mental, social, or spiritual well-being? But try to figure out if that particular move in your game of life is helping you or hurting you. And learning from your past mistakes and adjusting your life strategy accordingly can minimize your future pain or regret and, enchant- and increase the chances 
of winning in the long run. Okay, so again, I think we're all playing this game of life. We're working on our physical, mental, social, and spiritual well-being. And you know, please, you know, you can leave a post on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. You can also email me at am at dare to be vital with your, your thoughts, your questions about this particular idea. Let's move on to something that is near and dear to my heart, and that is healthy shoulders at any age. Again, part of what we're going to do in 2023 with the podcast of the Vitality Explorers uh, Substack site is to lean into what I am truly an expert in, and that is your frame fitness. And I see tons and tons of shoulders in my practice, um, and I have been a little bit of a shoulder geek for at least 20 to 30 years now. Um, I, I absolutely love shoulders. Um, I Very early on in my orthopedic surgery residency program, I was like, wow, this is a cool joint. I think they're complex, lots of different bones, ligaments, and tendons around your shoulder, and they are crucial to your vitality. Much like many other things, we, we sometimes don't appreciate how valuable they are until they are in pain. So to this section of the podcast, again, is up on the Vitality Explorer Substack site if you want to look at the images, and there's a couple of videos as well. Um, but what we're going to talk about are some common problems associated with shoulders and then specific ways to keep them healthy at any age. And again, a disclaimer here is this is for informational purposes only, and it does not constitute medical advice. If you have an issue or concern with your shoulder, seek medical attention. Okay, well, we got to start off by learning a little bit of anatomy. The shoulder consists of several bones, like your arm bone or your humerus, and your shoulder blade, or also known as your scapula, are the two main bones around your shoulder. That's the ball and the socket. Um, there's also your collarbone, which is in the front part of your, your, your thorax or your chest, and that connects to your shoulder in a joint called the acromioclavicular joint. So we call it the AC joint. You can understand why, because it's just really maybe cool to say acromioclavicular joint, but it's much easier to say AC joint, right? So um, and we're not going to talk in detail about AC joint sprains, but those can sometimes occur in, in sports like hockey or just falling down on your arm. Around your shoulder is your rotator cuff. And I'm going to admit something. I just like, okay, what is the rotator cuff? Well, the rotator cuff is just a series of muscles and tendons that help to rotate your shoulder inwardly and outwardly. Okay. So what is your rotator cuff? It helps move your shoulder inward and outward. These are also known medically as internal rotation and external rotation. They also help lift or raise your arm above your head. And then the biceps tendon, which we a lot of people have heard of, courses in the front or the anterior aspect of your shoulder. There's a very cool picture up on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. This was actually drawn by one of my patients and given to me as a gift. It's a very, very excellent picture of a shoulder. Um, very, very talented person. Okay, so let's now cover three common shoulder problems, and then we'll review some specific recommendations about how to keep your shoulder healthy. Okay, um, first of all, a shoulder can fracture or break and, and or can dislocate. And this typically happens when you fall, and that can happen when you're biking, you're skiing, or you can just trip over your shoelaces and land on an outstretched hand. I also see a lot of shoulder injuries uh, occurring when people are walking their dogs or their dog sees a squirrel and they literally trip over their dog. Um, but a, a fracture is, is literally just a crack or a, or a break in the bone. A dislocation is when the shoulder pops out of socket. That can go in the front or in the back. And again, there's some pictures on the Vitality Explorer Substack site if you're interested in, in seeing those. So most fractures, not all, but most fractures can be treated non-operatively. Some require fixation with things like plates and screws, or occasionally, if it's really bad, a, a partial or complete shoulder replacement. 
Um, now, shoulder dislocations are more common in young people. This can happen in football. This can happen in surfing. This can happen in soccer, skiing, a lot of different things. And if the younger you are, the higher the recurrence rate is. So if you're under 20 or under 25, very high rate, 80 plus percent chance of recurrence. And that's why people in that age group more often than not end up having surgical stabilization of their shoulder. Now, this is the one time it's nice to be older because people over 40 have a much less risk of recurrent shoulder dislocation. So if they dislocate your shoulder and you're 45, you're less likely less likely to need surgery than if you're 25, okay? So one minor, one minor value in being a little older. All right, now frozen shoulder is another common problem that is associated sometimes with just a minor injury. It's more common in women who are at or near menopause, maybe related to hormone changes, and this condition can be quite pain, painful. I've seen thousands of people with this, this problem, and sometimes it could start with just pulling on a suitcase, lifting a bag of groceries, and then there's severe severe pain and stiffness. And that's the common th thread in, in, in a frozen shoulder is pain and lack of range of motion of the shoulder, okay? In, importantly, and, and very nicely, most frozen shoulders do not need surgery. They can be treated with medications, therapy, and injections. Um, the best way we're gonna talk in a few minutes is to try to keep your shoulder limber to avoid that. Now, the final one is the most common, that's the rotator cuff. Remember, that's the set of muscles and tendons that help rotate your shoulder and help you lift your shoulder above your head. They can become acutely inflamed if you play like 10 sets of tennis in two days, um, or if you're lifting something repetitively, that's an acute inflammatory condition called tendonitis. It can lead to something called tendinopathy, which is a chronic degeneration of the tendon, and bursitis, which can lead to something called impingement of your shoulder, which is, a, which is when there's a painful bursal tissue and sometimes scar tissue in the tight spaces around your shoulder. Um, you can also lead to tearing, a degenerative tear, or you can have a tear of your rotator cuff similar to like a shoulder dislocation of a fracture that can occur if you fall hard, um, say skiing or off your bike. Okay. Now, again, most rotator cuff issues can be treated without surgery. Surgery, however, is required if there's significant tearing um, and, um, and if they failed non and or they failed non-operative treatment. Now, most tears we fix now use arthroscopic surgery. This is a type of procedure that uses small incision known as portals and instruments. And basically, the instruments we use are about the size of a Sharpie pen. And if you're interested in seeing uh, me when I did a shoulder arthroscopy, there's a video up on the uh, Vitality Explorer Substack site, um, and you can see how the actual procedure is done. All right, now, now let's move on to the preventative side of this. This is kind of like how to avoid future pain for your shoulders, right? There are the keys. The keys to maintaining your shoulders are to have a full, smooth range of motion and excellent strength. Now, this can be accomplished by doing gentle stretching exercises, such as sort of pendulum, pendulum exercises. You can also do something called scapular squeezes or using bands and or light weights to work on your rotator cuff stretching or strengthening. So um, you can see a, a video of me doing a rotator cuff strengthening exercise on the Vitality Explorer Substack site or up on YouTube. All right, it's, it's also crucial also crucial if you want to avoid future shoulder pain to, to not abuse your shoulder. So we actually have this idea in orthopedic surgery is, oh, that, that guy's a knee abuser or that guy's a shoulder abuser, all right? And what we mean by that is that they're overusing it. Now, that could be playing tennis or pickleball 
or you know even chopping wood or anything repetitively over and over and over again but there's a few specific suggestions i have and here's one of them avoid kettleballs okay that's number one now why do i say that i think kettleballs can be helpful to strengthen your shoulder but swinging a 10 to 25 pound weight above your head creates enormous stress on your shoulder joint. I personally avoid them and I recommend against them for most of my patients. I actually think that a kettleball might have been invented by a shoulder surgeon. Um, if you are gonna use a kettleball, make sure you know how you're doing it and in the context of working with a professional. And that's also similar to my second suggestion to avoid lateral shoulder raises and military press. So lateral shoulder raise is kind of just sort of a chicken wing kind of maneuver where you're lifting your shoulder out into the side and a military press is when you push something above your head. Now both of these exercises can improve your shoulder function. I don't want to uh, get in a fight with anybody about saying that these aren't sometimes meaningful exercises. They, they can, however, lead to damage to your bones or cartilage around your shoulder. So you need to be very careful with those and they're best, again, done under the guidance of a professional. If you are having shoulder pain, however, I would avoid shoulder raises and military press. And here's the final or the third one, is to avoid planks. All right, now maybe I'm being a little snarky about this because I do think planks are a very good thing overall for your core, but similar to military press or lateral shoulder raises, they increase the load across your shoulder joint. Um, so if you have any sort of shoulder pain, I would recommend against planks. And, and the idea of holding a plank till absolute you know, uh, fatigue uh, may be valuable if you're if those people who are listening to this are really young I you probably can tolerate it for some of us who have moved past 40 maybe it's a little more difficult all right so I hope this post you know was helpful it's meant just as a brief introduction or excuse me this part of our, our podcast there's a post up on the Vitality Explorer site hope it's been meaningful for people who want to learn a little bit more about their shoulders um, I don't believe they're as important as your knees but they're very very close okay because they help keep your shoulder or keep your hand or your elbow in space and again you do not appreciate how valuable your shoulders are until they start bothering you so we're going to finish with a quick story about an empty fortune cookie um, and that is uh, what happened to me this week I was invited this past week I was invited to a lunch at the Stanford Faculty Club and there were a variety of people uh, faculty members and then guests from all over Asia there and we had a lively really interesting conversation about a variety of topics and much of the discussion at the beginning of the of the lunch uh, centered around what was going on with bank failures here in the United States, the wars all over the planet, or the skirmishes that are going on, and the competition between superpowers over land and influence. Um, lunch was actually quite interestingly Chinese food, and we each had selected like a fortune cookie from a, from a basket prior to our meal. So at the end of the meal, uh, um, a little disclaimer here is I love fortune cookies. I do not eat them to excess, um, but I really do enjoy them, and I have saved several of my past little fortunes, that little you know, pithy statement that's inside the cookie, right? You know, hoping for something inspirational or maybe that's going to guide you through the next week or, or so. So when I cracked open my, my fortune cookie, I was eagerly anticipating finding something like this. And then the fortune cookie was empty, okay? There was no fortune in my fortune cookie. And that disappointment was plastered all over my face. Um, and I really thought it was bad luck. And the guest of honor, who was a very important person who had come in from Singapore, um, 
he was sitting directly across me and he, he kind of noticed this reaction on my face. And I showed the cookie to the table and I said, well, I don't have any fortune. And, you know, people were like, wow, that's really not great. And, and, you know, some had mentioned before that they'd gotten two fortunes, but none had remembered having no fortune inside their fortune cookie. And that's when something interesting happened. Suddenly the guest of honor, the big shot at the table said, I guess having no fortune means that quote, anything is possible. So my lack of a fortune in my fortune cookie, he took to mean that anything is possible, that I could make up my own fortune. And that immediately, that thought, that idea, that mindset shift changed the tone of our conversation. We all began to think beyond just the immediate challenges of the day. We, we actually opened our discussion to, to what are some transformative solutions, including things like small n- nuclear fusion reactor, reactors, flying cars, and a collaboration instead of a competition between the United States and and China. So at the end, instead of being really dismayed about not getting a fortune, uh, it pivoted into a positive direction because the fortune cookie was was empty. And and the, the teaching moment for me was that we too often ignore how important our mindset is in our lives. And my mindset upon seeing that empty fortune cookie was clearly negative. My new friend across the, the table from me took that barren cookie and, and he, he completely turned it around. He suggested I should not be constrained by you know, not having a, a fortune. And he implied that it was up to me to identify what I wanted my fortune to be. Really, really powerful. It was a great gift he gave me. It's actually just resonated th- with me and it's almost been a week since I had that lunch. But he gave me the gift of an optimistic perspective in a context that I initially thought was bad luck. So I hope that little story about the empty fortune cookie helps you to look at things in a different way. If if they initially seem like they may be bad, perhaps they're good. Um, Again, I encourage you uh, to continue to look at how to avoid future pain, how to keep your shoulders healthy at any age. If you're interested, you can again join us for the Energize Your Life course through Stanford Continuing Studies via the link below and or check that out via Google online. And I hope until next time, You continue to remember Ralph Waldo Emerson's quote that the first wealth is health and get out there and dare to be vital.